I'm back. Welcome back to the Starring Milana podcast where we try to build understanding in this crazy world one conversation at a time. This podcast comes out every Monday, hashtag Milana Monday, and it has three different segments. The first one is called Talkworthy, where we pick a few things going on in the media and try to offer a new or different perspective. The second one is called BTS, where we recap my past week, any exciting encounters, new finds. And the last segment is called TV Recap, where we recap all the TV that I watch, which is a lot. That's docu-series, documentaries, reality TV, scripted series, movies, and much, much more. If you're listening via podcast app, please subscribe. Please leave a rating. Please leave a review. It really, really helps. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you for going all the way to YouTube to watch. Um, obviously, there's a visual to this, youtube.com forward slash starring Milana. Make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, a review, or a comment the terms i don't know for youtube or podcast whatever just subscribe do all the goods okay um and i have a new instagram at starring milana podcast where i will be sharing more clips i feel like the other one was really just like a lot of my personal life mixed with podcasts and i want to just have one instagram strictly for my podcast so make sure to go follow me at starring milana podcast but on tiktok it's just starring Milana. Um, yeah, it's been a fun hiatus, but I'm back. My studio space is finally ready. Two things that are different about my podcast. One, obviously the space that I'm in. Um, this is a bigger space. Um, I, it's like an office workspace here. And then I have, um, my recording space. I have like a little you know, lounge, uh, sofa over there. So it's a great space. This is a Venetian plaster, a wallpaper. I wanted to switch it up. I was really over my last backdrop. Um, and also I'm not going to do seasons this time. I'm just doing episodes. And if you don't know which is the latest episode, just go and look at the date when it was released and then you'll figure it out. Also, because this is my first time recording, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm, I don't know how this lighting is going to look. I don't know how this camera placement is going to look. Um, hopefully the sound is fine. It's the most important thing. But um, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm still trying to get situated and hopefully by next week I will get situated. Um, but yes, I'm excited to be back. Hopefully it wouldn't be such a long hiatus this time. As many of you know, I went out of the country. Um, I do also have a full-time job. So I get very, very busy. My um, job is, you know, takes up a lot of my time. I have huge responsibilities, so it's hard to get this going, but I am very passionate, so I had to bring it back, of course. And yeah, that's about it. You'll hear more about my personal life and my trip in BTS, but as you know, we always start out with Talkworthy to give you guys basically the recap of all a few of the important things that happened the previous week. So in this week's episode, we are going to talk about the passing of Queen Elizabeth, the water crisis in Jackson, Mississippi, and that one time I ate an ant. Yes, I ate an ant. Um, we will get to that later. So let's start with Talkworthy. Obviously, the biggest news from last week is the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. Um, she was 96 years old. She reigned for 70 years. She's the longest reigning monarch in British history. And like, we knew it was coming, but I don't know. We just didn't believe it, you know? And um, it's very, very sad, I think, that she touched the entire world. And I see a lot of stuff on social media about people that are saying kind of horrible things, like, screw her, how can you guys say rest in peace to her? They're all colonizers, blah, blah, blah. And she just passed. I mean, guys, like, show some respect. Now, 
I'm sure that there the many, you know, uh, countries under the Commonwealth and maybe something's happened during her um, power that a lot of people don't appreciate or it maybe caused harm to a lot of people. Maybe people have family overseas. I don't know because, you know, we in America aren't as tied to it um, and maybe we don't know enough about it. I'm sure that some people weren't big fans of her, but I think that when somebody passes, at least if they were not a horrible person, they didn't do something so crazy, um, they didn't murder anyone. I think that we need to show them a little bit of respect when they pass. Um, a few things to remember. She was a woman. She was in power for 70 years. This is historic. I don't know when we will see something like this happen again. I mean, the next three in line are all men. So um, yeah, I think that this was just a time in our life that was unbelievable. The fact that she was in power for so long, that she lived so long, and that she had such a respectful time as the queen and what i mean by that is she really dedicated herself to the crown and the role and she really put all other things aside right even though she didn't have many like personal scandals um some of her family members might have but she didn't she really was the a perfect symbol of what a queen I guess should be she really took it seriously a lot of the time sacrificing maybe what she wanted or what her family members wanted for the crown I watched the queen on Netflix and I talked about it on this podcast before it's a little slow but it's a great show very well done and it really helps people understand kind of like the even though it's scripted kind of the dynamics of the royal family, um, a lot of the events that occurred under her reign, the tough decisions that she had to make, and her duty to her the crown, like how her duty to the crown came almost before anything. And that is, whether you like it or not, very honorable. A lot of people can't say that they would do the same if they were in her position. So a lot of respect to her. And remember, she was only 26 years old, super young, when she took over um, after her dad passed. What were you doing at 26 years old? You know, these are like huge responsibilities. So rest in peace to her. I'm sure she will be missed by many. Um, but now we have a new king. It is her son, King Charles. And from watching The Crown and honestly, just like general media coverage, I don't think like necessarily, people are obviously like, they're gonna respect him because he's the king, but, I'm, but I don't think that he's gonna be as beloved as her. Um, you know, I think that ever since the marriage and the divorce to Princess Diana, a lot of people look at him kind of in a different light. And um, in The Crown, he's just kind of like an unfavorable character. You know, you watch the show and you really feel like this is probably like what he's in real life. You don't really vibe with him and you don't think that he's right for the part, right? And But let me just offer a different way of thinking, you know, let me remind everyone that truly he wanted to marry Camilla and for some reason the handlers, the people behind the royal family, the royal family themselves, we don't know who, were not allowing him to marry Camilla. He had to marry Princess Diana. Was he in love? I don't know, but we saw what later happened in the marriage. So maybe they weren't in love. That was not the right choice and they end up getting a divorce and he still ends up marrying Camilla. So a lot of the things that he did in that marriage and which that people kind of started this dislike for him. I feel like at that point, had he just married who he wanted to marry and you know made that decision for himself, then maybe people would see him in a different light. But it didn't happen that way. 
here we are. He's the king now. Um, the other thing is there is speculation that uh, um, when Meghan and Harry talked about somebody in the royal family made a racist comment about the, their future children before they had children, that, that their future children are going to have darker skin. They didn't want that for the royal family. Someone in the family apparently made that racist comment. It is highly speculated that it was King Charles. We don't know for sure, but it has been speculated. So that is another reason why people aren't necessarily a huge fan of him. So that being said, here we are. He is, you know, taking over uh, a very difficult role. He's take he's, you know, it's after a woman who's been beloved for so many years. He's stepping into this role. It's not going to be easy for him. So why don't we just try to, you know, offer him a little bit of grace. I do believe that even in the age of 73, people can change. People can grow. People can learn. I don't think that, um, I, I want to believe, maybe it's naive of me to believe that people can in their late age still change and be better. So maybe this is his opportunity. Maybe he is now better. We don't know, but this is his time. Let's, you know, see what he will do, um, with his time as the king and give him and Queen Consort Camilla the respect that, you know, they deserve. And when I'm saying we and they and all of this, obviously I'm not talking about us, the Americans, because it's not, they're not really our king and queen. What I'm really talking about, I guess, is the media because the media is so harsh and um, they don't really, you know, sometimes media doesn't allow people to grow or change or give people a chance. So I think like now we as people and the media should just give space for him to take over and let's see what he can do with his time. But Rest in peace to the queen. She really left her mark on this world. The next thing I want to talk about is the water crisis in Jackson, Mississippi. I don't think this is getting enough media coverage, and I'm not sure if it's because there's a lot going on in the world or because we're kind of numb to it after everything that happened with Flint, Michigan, but this is serious. It's very serious. We should be talking about it. A state of emergency was announced in Jackson, Mississippi, the largest city in Mississippi, the capital of Mississippi, because 160,000 people were left without running water. That means no water, the showers, sinks, toilets, no tap water, you know, and people heavily rely on tap water. Not everyone drinks bottled water or is able to afford bottled water. So these people were left without running water in both of their homes, their workplaces, and their businesses. And if there was a little bit of drip from the sink, um, it was not recommended to drink. It was, you had to, there was a boil notice where you had to first boil the water and then try to drink it, right? This has been blamed on damaged infrastructure, especially with the floods that created issues with the water's treatment plant. Basically what happened is the rain flooded the river and the reservoir. And um, before it goes into the homes, it usually goes through a treatment plant, but the treatment plants are strained and the flooding slowed down the treatment process. Simultaneously, the water pumps have been out of service and they've been using backup water pumps for months now um, and they're obviously weaker so the whole thing is in need of repair and honestly has been for a while this isn't new before the floods before the pump problems they were under a boil notice because the tap water undrinkable there was cl cloudiness it was murkiness and they recommended that the water was boiled before you drink it and in winter of 2021 the water mains also burst and the pipes so basically the water system has had issues for a while in jackson and it has been left ignored and people always say like everything is not about racism and it's true it's not however this is a prime example of systemic racism according to vox wealthier white people fled jackson starting in the 70s and 80s 
following the integration of public schools, which eroded the city's tax base. Jackson is now nearly 83% black and roughly a quarter of its residents are below the poverty line. That means there's far less public money for the repairing the city's infrastructure, some of which is more than 100 years old. While spreading out the cost of repairs to the state would help cover the expenses many white people in the suburbs aren't compelled to help, federal funding could help. President Biden's infrastructure bill will provide Mississippi with $75 million in funding for water infrastructure, some of which will likely go to Jackson. Basically, it's believed that the city's resources are drained due to the white flight of the 70s and the 80s. And imagine, the year is 2022, and you live in America, and you can't even flush your toilet, take a shower, drink some tap water, um because it's too dangerous in your own home, America, 2022. This is a mess. And while I do kind of blame the state of Mississippi, I also just blame our government in general. I guess like we try to not oversee the day-to-day -day or like the, I don't know, uh, the infrastructure of every single state, but this is really bad. We pay federal taxes, we pay state taxes, we give money to Ukraine, we give money to Israel, we give money, we give money to all these countries, and there are people in our own country who are paying these same taxes. And even if they weren't, they are Americans. We are not helping them out. They should not be without water in the year of 2022. In America. This is embarrassing, honestly. Anyway, hopefully Joe Biden's um, bill and funding for Mississippi infrastructure is allocated appropriately to take care of the people in Jackson, Mississippi. I do believe that this wouldn't happen in a, uh, I don't know, city with predominantly white Americans. I just don't see it happening. And again, this is what people mean when they talk about systemic racism. So think about that. Moral of the story, guys, don't drink tap water regardless of how clean you think it is in your state. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is an update on um, what's happening in Russia. So I talked about the exodus of American businesses in a previous podcast. As a reminder, many businesses pulled out of Russia due to their invasion on Ukraine and two of the biggest or two big ones would be McDonald's and Starbucks. Starbucks who has 130 stores in Russia. So I was curious, like what happens to these empty stores that they had because these aren't just like a couple of McDonald's locations and a couple of Starbucks locations what is happening to these spaces and also you know how do the Russian people feel about it because these uh, uh, restaurants like uh, businesses McDonald's and Starbucks they are huge in Russia because it kind of gives them a little bit of the US these are US businesses having a McDonald's going being able to go and eat McDonald's in Russia is not what it is here where it's kind of like oh you eat McDonald's like there it's kind of like oh you're eating McDonald's it's a big deal um so I was curious, what is happening to all of these locations? Since these McDonald's have been closed, they've been bought out, unclear if it's like licensed through McDonald's or how they figured this out, but the locations have been bought out, renamed, rebranded to a Russian like burger fast food restaurant called Vkusne i Tochka. Huh? Okay, that means it's tasty, period. And essentially, they're, they have the same food. They just rebranded it, and it's the same locations, renamed it, and now they're selling Big Macs called, I don't know what the, what the name is, Bolshoi Mac, I don't know, like weird. So that's going on with McDonald's. Then there was a post circulating social media of uh, this Russian rapper named Timothy who um, was promoting his new business. And when I clicked on the business, it looked like a Starbucks ripoff. It has the same 
girl logo the same font for starbucks and it's called stars coffee um and it's the same business it's it's the same lattes the same macchiatos the same chai lattes whatever you drink it's the same thing i don't know again if it, this was legal how they figured it out i guess they bought out these locations and rebranded renamed it a little bit um and they have the same ingredients they have the same recipes i believe the only difference is that they're using different manufacturers for some of the recipes i don't know if this is legal is this a copyright infringement who knows starbucks refused to comment so i'm not sure what's going on but it is like literally ripped off the brand and i was like why would they do that like at least this uh completely changed the name even though they just stole the whole thing like i don't know why would they completely copy the same vibe of starbucks but i guess like psychologically for the citizens of russia for them like they know the starbucks name they trust the starbucks name like the rest of us and just to know that it has some sort of association with america is still this still makes it cool and still makes it like this gem so i understand why they would either get some sort of licensing some something to at least make it similar enough so that people know where they're going to get their coffee but it's just beyond me like this was a moment where american businesses stepped and american influence essentially stepped out of your country and you have the opportunity to create something new to create your own um style of fast food or burgers to create your own style of coffee to do something different and you chose to basically rip off the brand as it was so that's kind of bizarre to me but what do i know it's there, Stars Coffee. Um, yeah, it's just an interesting to see America's influence globally. That's it for Talkworthy. Let's go to BTS. So guys, I went to South America and um, it was one of the you know best trips I've ever had. First of all, I wanna say, I went from not eating meat for five years to eating an ant. I know that sounds crazy, but I was at a Michelin star restaurant and the chef, Alex Atala, had found these ants in the Amazon forest in Brazil and that they are called suava ants, uh, sava ants, and they taste like lemongrass. And it was one of the dishes that I had to eat at this Michelin star restaurant. And like when you're there, you don't say no to these dishes. You just eat it. And it wasn't bad. The idea is more disgusting than actually eating it. It tasted good and it was shocking because it really did taste like lemongrass, like this and tasted like lemongrass um anyway i was on a michelin mission when i was um in brazil we went to three michelin star restaurants they were all so delicious they're all on my highlight um on my instagram if you ever go to brazil check it out if you don't know what a michelin star restaurant is it's like a prestigious award given to select few restaurants it's very hard to get they kind of judge it based off of like the food um how unique the concept and the food is and how good the food is and um these are like chefs course out meals we had like basically they're like 10 courses so we ate a lot in brazil and honestly i gotta tell you i love brazil we started off in sao paulo which is kind of like the financial um center of brazil it's one of the world's most populated cities there's fashion there's food there's everything so it's kind of like new york okay if we were comparing brazil to america sao paulo would be like kind of like new york then we went to a small like 
city in South Sebastio. And that's kind of like the Hamptons. If you live in New York or like Santa Barbara, if you live in LA, it's like a beach town and it was amazing and peaceful. And then we went to Rio, which is like Los Angeles. It has beaches. There's people of different backgrounds. It's a little more laid back. Like it's warm. I was obsessed with Rio. I would go back to Rio a million more times. Um, it's, their beach is like a cleaner Venice beach for us here in LA. It was incredible. And after that, we went to Argentina and it was winter there, right? It's like 55, 60 degrees, 50 actually, sometimes it got really cold, but it was an amazing country. We stayed in this, um, uh, area called Palermo Soho, very chic, very hipster, a lot of restaurants, a lot of bars. Um, my cousin actually opened a bar there. So we went to his bar called Backroom Bar. Really cool. Um, I, really enjoyed both of these countries. I would definitely go back uh, to Rio and I would definitely go back to um, Argentina. And then if I'm ever in South America, I also want to stop by Peru. I hear incredible things. So I had a great trip. I ate a lot of meat, which was new for me because I hadn't been eating meat and I started again in May and here I was just eating all this meat. Also in Argentina, oh, by the way, both of the countries are known for their like their, their meat quality and their barbecues and they were both delicious. But also in Argentina, they have a huge Armenian population. We stayed in the, in the neighborhood that we stayed in. They had like an Armenian church. They had an Armenian center. Um, there was Armenian people walking around speaking Spanish. It was just so crazy to me. Um, but I was really just it was intriguing it was really interesting you know these were the armenians that moved to argentina probably like i don't know the 1920s 30s 40s whereas the ones in la for the most part have moved here in the 80s and the 90s so it was really interesting to see now i want to talk about this program that I, that i'm on so i heard this quote from kim kardashian even though i don't think that she actually I don't think this quote originated from her, but I heard it from Kimmy. A moment on the lips is a lifetime on the hips. And then to quote Kate Moss, who I'm again sure this didn't originate from her, uh, nothing tastes better than being skinny. I know this can, these can be problematic statements, especially if you take it literally. Please don't take it literally. I know it can be problematic for two reasons. One, like... It perpetuates these, you know, negative body standards, you know, where women feel like they have to be skinny because that's the norm. But again, please don't, when I say it, do not take it literally. And two, it's not necessarily true because a lot of things taste better than being skinny, like Flaming Hot Munchies or pizza from Naples or wine from France. A lot of things taste better than that. However, but really what these quotes do for me is they teach me self-control. It stops me from caving into my cravings that I have, right? It reminds me that like these things that I want to eat right now aren't worth it because one, they're fattening, but two, they're super unhealthy for me and I shouldn't be eating them at this point in my life, right? And it's really been getting me through this program and the program that I'm doing is called 75 Hard. I'm like almost two weeks in and it's kind of difficult. I think it kind of became popular through TikTok. Basically, it's a mental toughness program. Um, we're focusing on fitness, nutrition, discipline, and general just self-improvement. It's 75 days and the requirements are, um, here are the actual requirements and then I also added a few things. So um, 45 minute indoor workout, 45 minute outdoor workout. This is every day guys for 75 days straight. So two workouts, one indoor, one outdoor. Um, a clean diet, you pick a diet, stick to it, no alcohol at all. You read 10 pages of a uh, nonfiction book and you take a progress pick. So that's 
um, what they recommend. And then I added the following, water with lemon every morning, plus drink my vitamins every morning, meditate, pray, and affirmations every day, and then work on my podcast one to two hours a day at least. And that's really hard for me because I have a full-time job that I don't disconnect from at 5 p.m., right? I'm always on. So um, that's kind of my breakdown. It's been almost two weeks. It's not been easy, but I have been working out twice a day. I've been eating very healthy. I haven't had anything to drink. And every time I look at that bag of munchies or I see someone eating guac and chips, and I just think about those chips, I remind myself of these two quotes. And as bad as they sound, it works for me, right? Um, the two workouts that I've been doing, because a lot of people have been asking, the two workouts that I've been doing, like the indoor ones, I do, like I'll take a class, I'll take a cycling class, I'll take a yoga class, um, sometimes I just do my own leg workouts at the gym or at home, I do my own abs, arms, and then the outdoor workouts kind of consist of running outdoors, hiking, maybe taking a really long walk, you can even do yoga outside, tennis, I've been playing a lot of tennis, um, I'm obsessed with tennis, I can't believe that as an adult, I just picked up tennis, like no one told me to play tennis earlier like it's so much fun I can do it every day not only is it a good workout it's just a lot of fun and it's um and I'm really competitive so and I'm competitive with myself so I just want to get better every time now I don't recommend just picking up a racket and going you could do that but if you really want to learn like techniques and skills I would recommend taking a few classes with a coach um I think I'm taking another class tomorrow it's gonna be like my fifth or sixth class and honestly it really helps with like form and technique um, I'm not going to have obviously a tennis coach forever. I'm not trying to be like a, a pro, but it helps when I play with other people. At least I know what I'm doing. So um, that's kind of what I've been doing. And also I've been, you know, eating very clean. Um, it's not easy. I'm a little grumpy because I'm not really having carbs like I should be, but I'm getting through it. Um, I just need a cleansing. Like we've been joking about this quarantine 15 for so long, but like it's not a joke anymore. Like we really have to lose this quarantine 15. So I'm on it. I'm going to give you guys um, updates periodically. The only thing I'm kind of nervous about is being on my monthly because I'm not on birth control. So those horm I don't have like a hormone control situation. So when I'm on my period, I am craving everything. Um, so we'll see what happens when the time of the month comes. That's really it lately. Been busy with work, busy with um, setting this up. And here we are. So let's get into the TV recap. Obviously, I've been watching a lot of TV over this time this period of time. I'm not going to break down everything I've been watching. I'm just going to talk about a few things that, um, I don't know, that, that I think are uh, the most interesting. Let's start off with Real Housewives, okay? First, we're going to talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <sighs> the girls are delivering again. They always deliver. Um, Lisa Rinna is really frustrating to watch. I know she's going through a lot, but she is really trying so hard to be the villain of this season. And I feel like Erica is also trying really hard to make Sutton look bad and the two of them kind of ganging up on Sutton makes them both look bad and it's unnecessary and Diana is not helping she's being so cruel and I'm trying to like her like I really really want to like her but I think that she's when she gets crossed she's just not understanding you know and I think that if you just understand how awkward Sutton can be then you don't take things so personally I guess. I don't know. So I just want her to get to a better place because it's not looking good for her. Um, 
And then honestly, Garcelle really is the most reasonable and uh, is the voice of reason. Now, the recent episode that came out with Erica and the earrings thing. Um, so apparently her husband, ex-husband, bought her these earrings at a long time ago. They're worth $750,000. And the in the lawsuit, they are asking for her to give those earrings back so that they can sell it and that money can go to the victims, right? She is refusing to give it back. This is where we're at in the episode. She's refusing to give it back. And she's saying that if the law says that she owes the earrings back and they really do belong to the victims now, then she'll give them back. And the girls are like, don't you think that you should just give it back anyway? Like these people need money. Now, I'm on their side. If it was me and I had something in my possession that was that much money and there's people suffering, I would just give it. I don't care. Just take it, right? That's how I operate because I'm empathetic and she's not coming off as empathetic as she should be. However, I'm going to just try to offer people a little bit of an understanding of why I think she's having a hard time. One, I do think that if she gives the earrings back, it looks like she knew that the money uh, was the money that was used to buy those earrings were, you know, not funds that he should have been using. But two, let's think about the position she's in. You know, this woman came from a lifestyle where, yes, it was lavish, but also she didn't necessarily have a bank account of her own. Um, she got an LLC later, but she didn't have like money of her own saved up. I'm not sure that she gets anything in the divorce because I don't know if he technically has anything to give. The house was put up for foreclosure. I'm pretty sure she doesn't have a retirement plan. Um, she can't just go back to a desk job and like make money. It just It's never going to work. So her only source of income is doing these endorsements. If these companies even want to do endorsements with her and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, if they continue to, you know, have her on the show but she can't be on the show forever right so she has to make money and um she has to start over and she has no one that's supporting her now so i think that she's going to use you know eventually start selling some items so she will she can like live her life the way she wants to live her life now i'm not making excuses and these victims need the money more than her but i'm just trying to bridge and understanding uh between the, the people because i feel like it's kind of the maybe we're not understanding where she's coming from or why she's so reluctant to give him back also they were a gift and that's another reason i don't know i think she also feels like a victim in this situation because her finger's been pointed at her she's been you know scrutinized and um you know, the media has really been harsh on her. So I feel like she's in defense mode all the time. So that's kind of where I feel like she is. Um, anyway, it's been a great season and I can't uh, wait to watch more. I'm not going to recap all of Real Housewives of Dubai. I think they had a great first season. I think that Chanel Ayan really made her mark on the world. And I can't wait to see the girls back for season two. Real Housewives of Atlanta was like a fine season. Um, I have a feeling maybe they're slowly trying to bring Phaedra back because they have her FaceTiming, um, you know, Brooks for the Real Housewives of Dubai reunion. They had her make an appearance on the Real Housewives of Dubai. They had her on Ultimate Girls Trip. They're just really working with her. So I feel like they're trying to kind of slowly bring her back into Atlanta, but I'm not sure because of the thing with Candy, how that's going to go over. Candy was sitting at the last seat at the reunion, which usually doesn't bode well. Um, if you know anything about Bravo, when you're in that seat, it might mean that you're going to get replaced next season. And I, unfortunately, I hope that they, uh, that might happen, but I hope it doesn't happen. I love Candy. I think that although she's not 
you know, too dramatic or has a lot going on or has beef with people. She's a, a staple for the show. She's an icon. And um, I think that she really holds the group together. And she's a voice of reason and she's fair across the board. So I feel like if her and Phaedra can work out their little situation, maybe we can just have both of them on the show. Um, so we'll see what happens next season. I'm excited for the new ladies to come back. New Jersey, Potomac, Salt Lake. It's going to be great. So let's talk about something I've been watching. Also, Love Island, US and UK. I'm not going to... Um, I'm not going to go back and uh, recap everything. I just wanted to let you guys know, like, don't judge me. I actually watched Love Island US, I think it was season two, maybe. It was during, like, I don't know what season it was. It was during their COVID season where they were in Vegas on the rooftop and they couldn't go on an island because of COVID. And in my opinion, it was not good. I watched a few seasons, a few episodes, and I was kind of over it. Then um, something told me, you know, like, let me get slowly get back into it. My boyfriend mentioned the UK version. I was like, you know, I've never seen UK. Let's watch it. I was definitely invested. Basically what the show is, it's very similar to Big Brother where there's not like cameramen with cameras in your face. There are a bunch of cameras in the house. Like Big Brother has 94 cameras and like over 100 microphones. I don't know how many are at the Love Island house or villa. I'm sure it's a lot. So basically they're motion detective cameras. They follow you around. You're always mic'd up. Like you always wear a mic around your neck so they can hear you and see you all the time. But you forget that they're there because it's not actually humans with cameras. Um, you're just out doing your thing, but you know, they're still filming you. So that's the concept. It's really cool. They film it basically and release it basically in real time. So they're filming it and, and their editors are, you know, working nonstop and it comes out one to two days late after it's been filmed. So it's basically live. And, um, these people are not allowed to have their phones, talk to anyone, you know, that's not outside of the villa. So they don't really know what's going on in the outside world. They don't know that, um, they don't know that, um, people, uh, what people think about them, very much like Big Brother. So it starts off with five girls, five guys. They um, pick based on first impressions who they want to be coupled up with. And then throughout the season, new people come in. There's recouplings, there's romances. Um, people get voted off the island, yada, yada, yada. And at the end, a couple wins $100,000. It's really interesting. A lot of couples end up dating. Some, you know, some I'm sure will marry I don't know it's fairly new but a lot of couples have been dating outside of the show for a while so it's great um I for the UK one I wasn't really like that crazy about any of the couples none of them really did anything for me um I liked like individually outside of a couple Davide and Paige really cool and then for um US I really did like Zita and Timmy I think they deserve to win but for me Isaiah and Sydney's relationship is just like one of one like I fuck with it I love it and I wish them nothing but the best even though they had a lot of problems a lot of trauma in the villa it's totally worth the watch if you want to binge something and you have some time on your hands I think it's a great show you can numb yourself to it it's a little silly but it's fun I like it now I have to wait till next summer for a new season that's the only thing that sucks it only comes out during the summer I've also started watching Southern Charm again obviously the new season is out I gotta tell you guys I feel like they're really picking on Craig this season because <sighs> They might be a little jealous. I think that people little broed Craig from the beginning. Um, he, you know, didn't know what he wanted to do with his life. He um, was kind of a mess for a while. But now he's really figured it out. He has a successful business. He has a girlfriend. He has a house. He really has his shit together. And I think that the other guys in the group really can't 
wrap their mind around it because I don't think that they're actually in the same place. I don't think they're happy at all. And I think that they instead want to flip it on him and say, you've changed. But like, he hasn't changed. Like these people just, I don't know. They just can't respect the new him and he no longer will be disrespected. So there's kind of like a clash. Um, but Craig is still my favorite and I love that he's dating Paige. She's, you know, really cool and then naomi his ex-girlfriend really weird that she's dating uh whitney and if you don't know southern charm whitney's a guy um really shocking kind of a leap from craig but you know god bless um shep and taylor i think that not only does he he does show a lot of red flags i think that the only way to really get get you know get what she needs and what she deserves out of this relationship is to break up with him she has been disrespected in this relationship he has you know strung her along for so long and he's not willing to commit and at some point she has to just like let go and move on with her life because she deserves better so we'll see what happens at the reunion because when the show was filming they were still together and now they're not they're broken up so we'll see what happens at the reunion I'm also watching Big Brother. Um, it's a really good series, a series, a really good season. Lots of plots, lots of twists, lots of backdoors. Um, I was rooting for Michael because I felt like he was a good. He was seemed like a not a good person, not too problematic, but he was really good. He was really good at the games, at the challenges, and I thought he deserved to win. Um, but you know, being a super fan, he should have known to take out Turner. I think that was a huge mistake on his part. So unfortunately, now he's kicked off the show. But we'll miss him. And I'm wondering if there's like a twist where all the people in the um, jury house can play and one gets sent back. Um, I'm hoping that it's michael um and i hope that it happens i don't think it's happened in a while so yep those are all my tv recaps um thank you guys so much for watching i'm excited to be back make sure to follow me at starring milana podcast um leave your comments your questions dm me all on my podcast instagram i will be posting a lot more on there now um make sure to subscribe leave a rating and a review and um thank you guys for listening see you next time